have a plan, do your homework, and then have a backup plan, and then have a backup plan of the backup plan. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Traveling to Latin America and using Miami as a hub is a topic that doesn't just apply to U.S. operators, but operators throughout the world. Um, I'm here with Sean West live at the International Security Expo, and we're going to look at this topic a little bit later with Joe Gare, uh, CEO of Technon uh, LLC, great friend of the industry, um, and, and, and this topic really transcends geographies to a more precise instruction on how to operate in Miami, how to look for work, and, uh, and, and why maybe in this uh, current climate that's a good thing. Um, Sean, uh, what, uh, what do you think we can learn today from this topic? I'm looking forward to hearing from Joe. It's always good to hear from subject matter experts in different locales. I don't have a great experience of working in Latin America, um, so it'd be good to learn from someone such as Joe who has a lot of experience in operating out there. Um, with all the pitfalls and what you can expect. So yeah, it'd be good. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, because I mean, it is good when we bring on a guest and we say, here's an expose on this geography, uh, like we did with Hilda looking at West Africa. Um, but I think this has something that connects the dots. You know, I'm, I'm acutely aware that, you know, alongside the International Security Expo in London, uh, there was the GSX in Orlando. So uh, a big shout out to anyone <laughs> out there that attended that event. Um, obviously, travel is a bit uh, restricted still, but you know, anyone, anyone that made it to that event, uh, great news. I know there was a great EP mixer as well. Um, in terms of the event itself, it's been a pleasure to walk around, see some of the exhibitors, and I think people are just genuinely happy to be back and, and to see each other. Some interesting talks. It, it's interesting that I, I do enjoy attending these expos, and you know, for many years we exhibited there as the, the BB in the Circuit Magazine. At this event we didn't, so it was nice to not be have the anger of being back to a stand and actually to get out, network with people, um, visit different stands, see what's on offer. Um, yeah, so anyone who hasn't been to these events, I think you know there's a lot to take away there by visiting them. But I think when you attend them, you have to have a plan because you can go there. They're so big and vast, so many providers, people. If you go there, you, you can get swept away if you leave without a plan. So think of something you know you're looking to purchase some companies you're looking to meet you can get the event guide when you go through the door and, and have a plan when you're walking around and so when you arrive you can leave and take something away with you indeed plan 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 which in a way is a big flavor of today's interview uh joe gare is a big planner and his message i think you'll see you know comes out loud and clear plan before you go to latam maybe maybe i've just coined that phrase plan before latam i don't know but what we do know is that the Miami Corridor is a useful and important stop-off point for our community. So let's hear it. Uh, Joe Gare, CEO of Technon and big friend of the industry, uh, talking about that amazing corridor. And now, let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit Magazine.
the Miami Latam corridor, very important string to the protectors bow, not just in the United States, but around the world. Today, we're very honored to be meeting with Joe Gare, CEO of Technon, and together, John Moss and myself, we're going to explore this corridor, what it means, and some tips and tricks, especially when operating in the LATAM region. Um, Joe, it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? Fantastic. Pleasure to see you, and thank you again for having me in one of your great programs. My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, obviously, with the Circuit Magazine podcast, we do things often thematically. So this theme of LATAM Miami as a corridor, can you give us a bit of a flavor of what we're trying to achieve by, by shining a light on this? What should people better understand? Okay, so I think we should start from the basics, right? So what is LATAM, right? So LATAM stands for Latin America, and that means a little more than South America. That includes Central America, it includes Mexico, um, the Caribbean, etc. So all in all, it's a little more than 20 countries or territories. Um, and then that brings, each of those bring their own flavor to them, right? So it's different demographics. So one of the things, Felim, that, that we're talking offline is that you know, LATAM is a region, right? But you can, you should be doing this for every other part of the world you're going to go visit, right? So I like to call it the macro to micro approach in, in my organization. And so we have to understand, you know, like the little Google Earth that moves around and shows you a region of the world and you start zooming in to a continent and then you zoom in to a country, to a city, to a neighborhood, to a location, for example. And then as you do that, you, you learn, you should be learning around as much as you can about those regions, right? Or, or as relevant uh, information about that. So again, LATAM is more than 20 countries. Demographics, uh, you have a, you know, a, a very uh, rich um, mixture of whites, blacks, Asians, mestizos, mulatos, it's multi-ethnic. It's uh, fascinating. Countries, you have huge countries like Brazil, for example, with over 200 million in population, Mexico, 125 million more or less, um, Colombia, 50 million, Argentina, to all the way down to countries like um, Uruguay with, or, or Puerto Rico, which is actually part of LATAM too, uh, with 3 million, or Uruguay with 3.3, or Costa Rica, right? Languages, of course, Spanish is in the vast majority, but you also have hubs of, for example, a very important one, Portuguese in Brazil, or you have French in Haiti and, uh, and the Guyana, or Dutch in the Caribbean, right? So Aruba, Curaçao, uh, Suriname, etc. Different religions. Region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Politics. So again, th here it starts getting interesting in, in terms of our, our, our listeners or viewers, um, politics, right? So most of the countries have democracies. They're, you know, Venezuela, for example, has an authoritarian regime right now there for the last years. And then, you know, you start getting into problems like political instability, institutional weakness, of course, insecurity, crime, drug trafficking, so these places um, through some of the areas of the region, poverty, social inequality. And this brings a whole host of, of problems that you can get, right? And then you can also, of course, understand, um, you know, the regions also in terms of, for example, natural disasters, right? So if you're going with uh, with the principle to a place like Mexico, for example, this should be part of your plan because it, it happens quite often, like, like in Cal some areas of California. 
So and overall, you know, this is like the, the, the introduction to, to LATAM. And of course, there's a ton of different uh, sources that you can go and visit and, and get really good information about it. And what about you? Your, your, your passion, your backstory, your sort of your drive to combine that wonderful Miami, South Florida and LATAM region. Can you give us a flavor of where you're coming from? Sure. So you mean in the, yeah, so being in Miami, of course, like we're talking offline as well, you're really in the gateway between the U.S. or uh, in, actually even other parts of the world that we're talking with John, like Europe, UK, um, you typically get to LATAM or to South America through the Miami hub. So it's a great hub. Um, we were joking offline that, that Miami sometimes considered the, the capital of LATAM. And so for a security professional, um, stopping in, in Miami or having the right contact in Miami, when you're gonna go and take your principal down to one of the countries in Latin America is, um, is very beneficial, right? Because most likely you'll have, you know, if you're going to Brazil for, to give an example, you can definitely hook up with some really good guys in Miami that, that know the security slash EP space in Brazil, right? Same thing with all the other countries. So, so that's a really good start, right? You, you get um, the best of all worlds in Miami as you start preparing and doing your advanced preparations for, for a trip. And what about you? Tell us, tell us a bit about you and your background. So my background um, in, in the crucible of these two topics we're talking about, involves having been born in, in Latin America, in Colombia. I was born there. I grew up um, in the 80s, in the, you know, being a teenager in the 80s, I, I had to experience firsthand the scenes that are now made uh, very famous by, by Netflix series like Narcos and, you know, the, that whole that whole time in history, we had uh, all these problems with the with the drug dealing cartels and the wars between them. That was that was a very difficult and I dare to say eye opening and, and security awareness enhancing um, place to be living in at those times. Because if you are not aware, you could end up at the wrong place in the wrong time, and you know, like many others, and and being one of those shootings. Um, bombings, you name it, right? And then, of course, the whole uh, adversarial mindset that comes with that, right? So you start, even as a teenager, when you're going out with, with friends, the shopping center, you start being very wary of who's looking at you, why are they looking at you? You start understanding what suspicious activity means. And so all these things, in my personal story, had a, a, probably a very important role in, in my in my background and in my, in my story, right? From there then I moved to Israel and I end up uh, having a great uh, decade there, um, working in, in the fields of security and intelligence. Fascinating work, fascinating uh, also times in history. Um, going to different details there, but not relevant to this, this conversation. And then in 2004, post 9-11, I basically got down to Miami and I've been there since. So 17 years, um, very interesting times also post 9-11 with all the changes, you know, structurally that happened in the U.S. in those days, the creation of the Department of Homeland Security, the TSA, all the lessons learned, all the different approaches that were tried. And, and, uh, and then we had the whole 
time, the, the whole epoch of, um, of active shooter incidents, right? In schools, in movie theaters, in... So anyway, that's a, in a nutshell, a summary of my, my touching points with this, uh, with this field and how that has somehow shaped what we call today in, in Technon, our, our proactive security approach, right? Joe, it's a great place to jump in, actually. So, you know, the f- first of all, great introduction. And uh, I can definitely see from the background why you moved into security and protective services. It's absolutely no question that this was a really good field for you. Uh, but I just wanted to jump in at this point because, you, you know, whenever we travel to a different zone, different areas, something we're not familiar with, there's a lot of procedures. And this is kind of the uh, process that you're talking about now in going from this bigger picture and getting more zoomed in. And, and there's a lot of things, obviously, that we can overlay in terms of procedures, routines, techniques, and so on, that will, you know, fit into any of those different situations and scenarios. But what I'd really like to get from you at this point is anything specific to LATAM. And I know, like you said, you know, made us very aware that's comprising 20 countries and it's quite diverse, it's quite rich. But, uh, and, and, you know, and maybe let's start with more kind of uh, closer to, you know, Central America moving down, because that might be the first port of call for a lot of people who are a company, high net worths, business travel, and so on. What, what are the more, you know, be more granular, more specific about this corridor? What are the things that are more unique in terms of threats, you know, cultural sensitivities, things like this? Yeah, so again, it's a huge area, right? It's a huge region. Each of those places has its own set of possible uh, problems, right? Risks, etc. So, I mean, in general, I think you should know that uh, it's important. I mean, planning is critical, which is, again, relevant to everything else that we, we should be doing. But uh, in Latin, specifically because of the, the overall environment and the culture as well, again, we in some of these countries, we talk about... Uh, high degree of corruption, for example, right? So that can manifest in a, in a ton of different problematic ways for someone trying to protect the principal there, right? Um, from, you know, from the guy in the hotel passing out information about who's staying there and about, you know, where, when information that is critical, right? And sensitive to, um, anyway, so to, to you know, things, so I think my, 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 Golden regional uh, tip would be pretty much have a plan, do your homework, and then have a backup plan, and then have a backup plan of the backup plan. You know, so especially in those places where you have a lot of high corruption and you don't know who you can trust and who you cannot trust. Um, So yeah, again, if you can go down there and do some advanced work, that's amazing. That'll be the best. Uh, You know, hire a company, have a combination of, of. you know, of your, of your regular team with, with local um, parties vetted, you know, partners that you can work with over there that know the region, know the problems, know the ways around them, know the language, know the culture, right? So that's, that's I think, very important. And that's, again, a place where in Miami, you can um, get to know some of these people that are, that are nationals, right? What, what, if we, what if we went country to country? Uh, because there are some countries that are very small, perhaps people don't often travel to Curacao, or maybe they do, I don't know. But then maybe there's somewhere like Colombia. Um, 
is, is there something special that people should think about when operating in Colombia, for example? Sure. If you ask the U.S. Secret Service, for example, you had a very famous case. We were talking about that not too long ago with, uh, with a colleague here where the Secret Service was pretty much got in trouble because of the beauty of the, of the Colombian women, right? So they were in Cartagena. I don't know if you remember that incident, which was actually uh, it ended up being a diplomatic incident, right? Where, um, you know, instead of doing their job, they, they, they were, again, um, killed by the, the looks of the, of, the, of the beautiful Colombian women and they got in trouble and there was a problem there and that ended up being uh, not only not, not very professional, not professional at all, but also, you know, it was a, a big embarrassment. And people got fired because of that. So, um, you know, it, it, it all depends. It, it, it's really depending on who you're bringing, who's the principal, you know, are you alone? Where are you going? I can tell you, for example, in Mexico today, um, there's a lot of, you know, the, the same type of problems we had in Colombia in the 80s. That has, because of the uh, DEA um, and Colombian work in that, area throughout the years that kind of like shifted towards Mexico now. So now you have over there problems like all these um, express kidnappings, kidnappings, a lot of um, unemployed um, former sicarios that, you know, know the tactics and, uh, and then they go out and, and start extorting people, kidnapping people. And so knowing that you understand that you're dealing with a, you know, pretty sophisticated, potentially a pretty sophisticated adversary. Again, it all depends who you're with, how public that person is, right? So if you're working with a very low-key individual uh, or family, then that's the probably the safest in, in some of these places. If you're moving around with a person that is uh, that is public and people identify him or her or them, then it's of course much of a challenge. Chile, for example, beautiful place, and the I was fabulous, right? You have snow, you have the ocean not too far away, like they like to say. Uh, but then you have the anarchist groups, for example, over there. And so, again, you have to understand the internal conflicts and problems of these places so that you're not caught in the, in the middle of that, right? And, and then hopefully have, again, local resources that can help you, um, you know, mitigate those, those incidents and understand, you know, what to do when that happens, right? One of those local resources, uh, for example, for people flying in from, from the US, a lot of times um, I've found it very useful to talk to the, to the US embassy CSOs, right? the chief security officers. They can give you a short briefing. You can do that over the phone. You can do that in person if you, if you go there and you create that relationship. Um, and then of course the private sector locally, right? Which again, you can meet a lot of these folks uh, in Miami. So. It's always a good, good thing to be, you know, visiting Miami before you go down there to LATAM and, and start planning and start vetting these companies. So, Joe, you're uh, in, in, in my mind, you're painting a picture of Miami a bit akin to uh, the cantina in Mos Eisley in Star Wars. <laughs> as a uh, reference for anybody of that of a certain age and you were speaking about the advance earlier and obviously you know advance is always a luxury well not always but can be a luxury is always something we're going to want to do and especially if we're going into the unknown uh, so thinking about using Miami as our first port of call what what's the type of work 
that we can be doing in Miami in preparation? What, what can we do in Miami? So again, even before you leave your, your place of origin, right? Go into Google, suck up as much information as you can about you know, your, your destiny or your, your target neighborhood even, right? Country, city, or ask Joe. et cetera. Or ask, Joe. or ask, right. Or ask, the, and then when you're in Miami or before or you, you get there, right? Ask, ask the locals. Absolutely. You can definitely call me. I'll be very happy. You know, we, we've helped, uh, we have a lot of very good, um, great partners in some of these uh, challenging places, Mexico, Brazil, Chile, Argentina, and Colombia, of course, right? So definitely we can, uh, we'll be very happy to hook you up with, uh, with very good people that can help you make all that, you know, much more smoother. And, and again, understanding the local, uh, the, the local problems and, and the ways to mitigate them and to prevent them. And, and in terms of interaction, are there any uh, takeaways there? Anything we should be thinking about on a cultural level? Uh, you know, just human interactions. Yeah, I think in, in I dare to say it, in, in general, the Latam national is uh, typically a very warm person. Um, you know, mannerisms like saying good morning, thank you, please, are very important for the cultural um, landscape here, right? If you go somewhere and you're rude and you think you're the king of the world, then it's not going to be good for you, right? If you're humble and you're, you speak, you know, in, in a way that, that you're giving respect to the other person. Again, it's basics, but in, in Latin America, it's certainly something very important. Um, people love, um, from my experience, people love foreigners. And so if you spend a little time telling them where you're from, what you're doing, of course, without revealing any type of, uh, you know, upset details, you can actually, um, you know, maybe start getting uh, friendly with a few people, maybe even recruiting them as what we call, you know, some, some other time we can talk about that. The, the, you know, we, we talk about force multipliers all the time, right? And so the guy in the hotel, the guy in the restaurant, the guy in the airport, right, that you get to know because you're going there maybe several times. Or even that first time, right? If you're super nice and, you know, they can actually help you a lot, right? You can sit down with them, tell them in, in general, you know, what you're concerned about. And again, they're local. Remember that, that, that insecurity, we always talk about um, knowing what is normal, right? So as a foreigner coming into a place, if you didn't have the luxury, like you're saying, of, of going there, you know, a few days before that or, hope, you know, even more, you really don't know what is normal. And so if you don't know what the normal is, you're not going to be able to understand the irregularities that, that easily, right? But the locals will. And so spending some time with the locals is, in my opinion, always very interesting. First of all, genuinely, right? You, you learn about the place like that. And then, you know, those, may, those same locals can, can help you understand your, your, you know, your, your potential vulnerabilities better and may even give you a, a lending hand when something happens, right? Yeah, and as native English speakers, often we're not very good on the language front. How would we get on in Latin America working without knowing much of the language? That's a great, great point. So typically if you're, you know, if you're working in EPA and you're going with the principal, you're, you're typically stay, staying in one of the you know, international known and good hotels, right? Um, and then for sure, you're gonna have the concierge, you're gonna have the front desk personnel well-versed in English. So definitely, again, go talk to them, find someone that you can 
have those conversations with so you understand your environment better. And then if you're going to be moving around, of course, you know, but again, this is all basics, right? So who are you going to be? Remember the, the movement from point A to point B is always critical in these type of security operations, right? So hopefully you have a, a trusted um, and vetted driver, right? With experience that knows the language that you can communicate with. Um, and again, a lot of these companies that are, that are, local that have been doing this type of work for, for foreigns, for foreign nationals, have all these types of, uh, of uh, drivers, you know, that are security drivers and have great English, et cetera. And then I would also, like we said, have a backup to the backup, right? So listen, the basics, you know, right? How do I say, you know, whatever top 10 phrases you wanna know how to say, right? Where's the nearest hospital? Where's, the, but again, you should know where the nearest hospital is anyway, right? Um, but yeah, so have your, your address, have something where you can, I remember one time in, in China, I was moving around in a, in a taxi. Good luck with that, right? So, you know, here's a little business card that you got from the, you know, someone who spoke English in the hotel and, and that's how you move around. And if you lose that, you're toast, right? How are you gonna get back to, to, your, to your coordinates? So yeah, think of all those things um, and always have, you know, in advance the, the the, the problem, the potential problems you may have and, and have a plan for those problems, including of course, language. Also for these places, it's really important to, and there's a ton of companies that can help you with that from very expensive to very inexpensive. Um, get local, try to get local real-time information of what's happening in your, in your neighborhood, in your city, right? Because it's very unlikely that you may have, for example, um, not, you know, this week in Colombia, we had a few, um, you know, bus, there, there's some issue with the bus company, some of the bus companies, and they just randomly started blocking roads, right? So if you're going from point A to point B and you only know this route, but again, your, your local vetted security driver should already know that. And, but, it, but these are things that you should be thinking about as well, because these things happen in Latin America. And, and in the UK as well. So if you've been in the UK for the last couple of weeks, you've probably had quite a lot of uh, preparation with blockades and, uh, and exactly. running out of right. commodities and so on. No, no, I thought of a useful thing for our, for our listeners. So our listeners, let's say they're a solo practitioner, right? We have listeners, they're not solo practitioners, but let's say you were. Is there like a club in Miami they should absolutely go to? Like here, there are some communities, some associations, and they, they, they go there and they, they, they're, they're waiting for work, they're networking. Um, I, I like the more seriously example, as John uh, explained, are there lots of, you know, US operators just milling around a particular part of Miami waiting for the call? Who has the visa for X country or who has the language skills? Um, or is it very much like a transitory point and no one is milling around waiting for work? Yeah, no. So first of all, you do have, you know, several events happening, not only in Miami, but in Florida in general, you have, you know, you have a pretty important uh, conference right now going on as we speak. Um, GSX, right? In Orlando. No, but I mean like but, a club, like someone's looking for work. Are they hanging around like living in by the beach or are they, are they living by the airport? I, or, or is no one actually living in Miami? No, I know people, I'm an op obviously people live in Miami. You have very, very nice uh, and, and, and very good companies there that operate internationally. Um, I'm not going to start naming them because it's not going to be fair with the ones that I don't name, but you have... And we both know some, you know, some folks that are 
very well known and they're very professional. And you know, you start by Googling who's there in the space and, and, and making those phone calls. And they'll be happy to help. So Joe, what, what are the, um, the biggest threats that we should be looking out for if we're operating? I, I know there's, uh, again, it's, it's, it's kind of generic and it's kind of a bit general, but... I would say, I would say in, in, to be very generalistic, again, I don't like being general, but one theme that you have to be very careful with in Latin America is corruption, right? And that means, again, that you know, some, some bad guy can go in and pay a few dollars to someone for information about you and your principal. They can, you know, all sorts of things, right? They can, they can create a lot of, of, of trouble with that because of the ability of, of, you know, bribing and giving a few dollars here and there. In some places, you can even bribe the, the police and they can have the police giving you a hard time as a distraction to give you an, an idea, right? So I think corruption is something to keep in mind um, it has a flip side as well. And I'm not, you know, encouraging anyone to, to do anything that is illegal, but in some of these places, you know, you're, you're, you better have your, your, your ID and your driver's license, and you better have a few, you know, dollar bills or twenties or fifties that you can, if needed, you know, hand around to someone to, to let you go in and, and not create a whole scene and, and, yeah, well, this this we is what comes into the time, right? plan B and plan C, right? Correct, exactly. Understand also in, in most of these countries, remember there's poverty in, in a lot of these countries. So really, really important to understand where it is that you are moving because you can't say, if you take Colombia, for example, or if you take Brazil or Mexico, right? Um, you can't say the whole country is very unsafe. That's just not, not going to give you anything. Understand in the city that you're moving, what neighborhoods are red zones, you know, don't even get near that, near there. What neighborhoods are okay and, and understand what type of, you know, again, what's the modus operandi, what's happening there? Is it just, you know, I can give you, there's, there's a ton of examples right now. We have a, a few of those delivery companies in some of these Latin American countries that are all over the place in motorcycles, right? They are like a, like a plague and it's, it's great because it's given jobs to a lot of people, but at the same time, it's, very distracting. It's, uh, you know, has a whole bunch of challenges. So now it's not that uncommon to see people getting near to your vehicle in a motorcycle. So is it one person? Is it two people? Then you start getting, you know, see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so then, you know, depending on, again, who you're with, where you're going, et cetera, then you may, it, it may make all the sense if you can to get a, you know, level three plus, um, uh, armored car, for example, while you're there, right? But again, you can just, what is the scenario? Who are you protecting? Protection from what? Where are you at? What's happening there? How do I mitigate that, you know? So in general terms, I think those cover a lot of LATAM, especially the, the, the corruption is, a, I think, uh, really, really bad and, and something to, if you're not used to what it can do, something to consider before you go there. Um, but then again, each of the countries, you have to go in and, and see what's, what's happening, what's the trend in that specific country. You know? So what, what about you, Joe? Obviously, you've been there for quite a long time. Uh, what is it that you enjoy most about this operating environment? What keeps you there? What keeps me in LATAM or in security? Oh, yeah, in, in the region, operating in this region in particular. I, I, so again, I, the, I mean, obviously, you've built 
a wealth of knowledge and that's not something you just want to trade in but i get the sense that there's you know that there's more passion there than than just that yeah well again i'm i'm latin i'm colombian originally right so i i really like the latin american culture the colors the food right the um, the music uh, it's a really nice place to be in and so it's very very nice for me to come and and work here a lot so and then also understanding that mindset of the or the culture of the of the mexican or the brazilian or the latin american in general if there's such a such a thing is is you know something that you develop with time you know like it, like if you like wines and you can tell one wine from the other and you know same thing with people in, in a certain way right after you hit a certain age um, and so i enjoy the latin americans a lot um actually enjoy people a lot so i can i'm one of those guys who can gladly stay for five hours in an airport having a coffee and just watching people right well maybe not five hours but maybe 40 minutes right people are interesting and 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 again once you start understanding each of those geographies what happens there you start you know seeing the the pros and the cons of each of these places and and at the same time you also enjoy get a little sense of where you live for example for those living in the US you know how lucky we are to live in the US with certain things and how many luxuries we have and how many things we have that are not needed at all and you know it gives you a lot of food for thought so it's it's always enriching and always interesting but i, I guess you could also say that about travel to europe or to asia or to any other region for that say right i just like travel and uh and i like you know meeting different people and so when you blend that with the passion for security and for pe- for keeping uh people safe it's it's been a good max a, a good mix for me so far fortunately perfect well joe this is a fantastic total force obviously latam as a region it's enormous does it actually exist or is it is it is, is it even scratching the surface i don't know but it's whetted my appetite and i hope our listeners to to you know consider working or at least visiting um, and that Miami Latam corridor, it is a curious one. I want to explore it more, but I feel I've got to do it on the ground, perhaps at the Fontaine uh, Blue Hotel or something like that. But 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 uh, it's a pleasure having you. Um, now you're talking. Uh, yeah, um, Joe. Uh, thanks ever so much for coming on. This is uh, intriguing, and 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 I feel it's going to leave everyone wanting more. Um, from John and myself, thank you very much for being on the Circuit Magazine podcast. Thank you, guys. A pleasure. And hope to see you soon in Miami or in Latam. Well, I don't know about you, Sean, but I might term this interview OPSEC in Latin America because, <clears throat> of course, you have to keep... Uh, a lot of things on the low as Joe said there is corruption to contend with and you know you need to really be careful which trusted partners you're using and when and how but that Miami corridor is still valuable um, I know it's quite broad um, but 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 what what did you think uh, is there something we can take away yeah no I, I did like listening to Joe and, and it, it, you're right it, it was broad um, but I think I think the takeaway is you know wherever you're going, whether it be Miami or any country, you do have to utilise local partners, and 
you know, do some research before you, you take these companies on so you know who you're dealing with, what they provide, and, and, and vet who you're using. You know, are they a trusted provider? And do some research, look at who you're using. But yeah, local national companies, wherever you're going, you, you, know, you, you need to utilise that information and ground truth, ground knowledge from people in that space, for sure. Indeed, and, and you know, it's, it's really good to have Joe on. I, I know Joe from initially the IPSB event in Vegas. Um, uh, I hope he'll be there as well uh, this uh, December. But, but, but Joe also is connected to a lot of other friends uh, of the industry, uh, some of which, in fact, we, we know uh, and, uh, and, and have interviewed. Uh, but for OBSEC purposes, let's you know, not mention it. Um, but, uh, but Latin America, I think it must be a place that we are willing to go to in this post drawdown age yes the language will be important but I, I just get the feeling there's gonna be more opportunities and for the uninitiated apparently that's my catchphrase the uninitiated um, I think positioning yourself in Miami might be a good way of you know being ready for these opportunities much like some of the networks here in uh, London are good uh, for capitalizing uh, on, 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 on that. But uh, I must note, we are still at the International Security Expo uh, here in London, uh, Olympia. It's really a good vibe going on. It's lovely to have everyone still here. Um, I think, Sean, you said before it was actually nicer to go and network than to take a stand. Um, what, what are the sorts of conversations you've been having? C can you bring them to life? Are, are, are people talking about happy endeavours or are they, you know, what are they saying? I mean, it was great, you know, view, viewing all of the different stands and the new technologies that's available. You know, technology moves on so fast, certainly in the security industry, you know, there's, there's so much out there to go. If you're there looking, you know, with a security budget and money to spend, you, you can you can certainly spend it at these events you know that you, you can invest your money and you, know, you can go next year and you see god this brand new technologies come out and it's, it's hard to keep pace it's like your, your apple devices <laughs> every, every year you get iphone 12 13 the 14 so you, you, you have to keep up to speed if you're you know head of security for a high net worth individual you need to go to these events to see what is out there so when your principal asks you you can you, you can answer the question you have the knowledge of what is out there what's the latest tech, what can you provide, and yeah, d fill up that contact book with these companies and, and join the dots, you know, be, be the middleman, um, be the provider, you know, your principal wants something, you should be able to provide it, and going to these events can help you do that. And, and what about some of the talks, because I know our good friend Ivor Terrett uh, was uh, speaking yesterday, um, I think I didn't quite get there in time because I was I was on my way to our, our, our event but he was talking convergence do you know any more more about uh, Ivor's talk I love seeing Ivor every time he speaks you know he, he captivates the audience he's a, you know he's a great another one of your phrases friend of the industry um, and friend of the magazine I think he was talking on convergence of cyber security and the physical side of security and you know it, it's been spoken about for a lot of years but I think what Ivor was trying to say is now's the time to the physical expert the cyber expert they should be working together and you know lots of people say they do it and then it stops there if there's a you're, you're in a football stadium and there's a physical event that happens I think what I was trying to say the cyber guys they don't find out about it 
or if there's a cyber something happens cyber maybe the physical guys don't find out about it I think he's talking more in tune that these guys should be working together and maybe someone sat above them maybe a director of security ensuring both disciplines work together hand in hand um, and miss the talk um, I know what it was about it. yeah I think I mean, it's hugely knowledgeable and I'm sure a lot of people took a wee lot of great things from it Absolutely, and, and we're, we're going to have to invite Ivor on. Uh, we we we, uh, we we can't play that card too often, so I wanted I want to make sure that we've got a really nice interview set up for Ivor. Um, so Ivor, if you're listening, uh, we're going to invite you, of course. Um, but uh, but yes, today was great with Joe, and uh, great to see so many of the BBA members. You know, I think some uh, who are very active on the app, I had only known them from the app, so so that was good meeting them in person. Um, we'll have more meetups, we'll have more uh, virtual events that are topic based. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're still looking for contributors, aren't we Sean? Yeah, we're looking for contributors to the magazine and the podcast as well. You know, if, if you have something good to talk about, which is relevant to people in our industry, which people would like to hear about, read about, please get in touch. Fantastic. Well, keep subscribing. Uh, keep, you know, don't don't just be a uh, an invisible listener. Okay, if for obsec reasons you have to be, but but please subscribe to the podcast because it means that we know that our community is enlarging and we know what to give to you. So uh, so so please do that. Please do keep uh, subscribing and being active in the BBA Connect app and the NABA Protector app. Uh, we know that uh, Elijah is doing some amazing things on that uh, that app as well. But um, yeah, it's great to be here meeting in person. Uh, I think yesterday was the first time uh, a lot of us had met up in in, in you know in f physically in a while. But it, it didn't feel that uh, weird, did it? Because we've actually spoken so much over these last 18 months, maybe more than when we were actually not uh, in this pandemic. Yeah, no, for sure. As as we've you know we spoke about before, it's been great to see businesses down test and adjust and change their the model during COVID, where they've delivered training through Zoom or whatever they've done remotely. But I don't think you can beat that face to face um, networking, meeting with people, uh, you know, grabbing a coffee or a beer maybe after an event. And yeah, it's it, it's great you know, that the world's open back up. I love it. And maybe next time in Miami, as per the uh, topic of today's podcast. That'd be nice. Yeah. Every, everyone likes to have an event in Miami. Why not? Um, so answers on a postcard, if you're going to host us, or, or if we have to rent out one of those swanky uh, beachside things. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm dreaming, but but you know what? It could be possible. So uh, let's let's watch this space. Um, well, for Sean and myself, thank you very much to Joe Gare and uh, you know it, it, it is a, a tricky subject to, to, to cover in just one episode but I hope it's given you a flavor of who to approach and how to use that Miami LATAM corridor a little bit more uh, going forward. This has been another fantastic but live and in-person edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast, at least uh, Sean and myself here today, and we look forward to seeing you in person or online very, very soon. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.